Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to this month's Michigan Man Extra. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. We are just one month removed from National Signing Day, but that doesn't mean it's quiet on the recruiting front. Far from it. We only have three verbals right now, and there should be a smaller class, the class of 2018. But Jim Harbaugh and his staff are hard at work making offers to some of the most elite high school talent in the country. No one knows Michigan or college football recruiting better than our guest today. Recruiting expert Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports joins us next here on our March Michigan Man Extra on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. With us on our Michigan Man Extra this month is uh, Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports as we, yes indeed, turn our attention to 2018 with our recruiting update. Great to have you back with us, Steve. Good as always, Mike. Thanks. The class of 2017 in the rearview mirror now, Steve, so it's time to focus, as we just mentioned, on the class of 2018. We have three verbals so far, last time I checked anyway, so if you would, Start by giving the listeners a rundown on those three guys. Sure. So, uh, you know, Otis Reese uh, was the first verbal commitment uh, committed to Michigan the same day that uh, Aubrey Solomon, who obviously eventually signed with Michigan when he made his first verbal commitment to the Wolverines. Really, uh, you know, I've, I've said this before with, with Reese. When the two of them committed, Aubrey got all the attention. You know, he was a top 100 defensive tackle, uh, ended the cycle as a five-star prospect. I'd, I'd say the Michigan coaches were – almost as excited, if not as excited, about getting Otis. Uh, he was their top top of the board at their Sam or Viper spot. I mean, it's kind of still up to debate exactly where he'll play, but he's another versatile, aggressive defender on the edge. Uh, really a, a guy that is just another perfect fit for what Don Brown likes to do as far as giving you different defensive looks, putting guys in different positions, you know, type thing. Uh, I think he's a about a top 150 guy right now. I think he's going to move up as long as he uh, continues to put out the film that he did last year. I, I think he should be higher than where he is right now. I know the I know the Michigan coaches would say that. Uh, so so Otis is a really big piece of the puzzle. You know, another kid from Leesburg to commit to Michigan. Really, he has connections up in the area. Uh, I think his brother or his cousin plays for Central Michigan. Uh, so that was one of the reasons why Michigan kind of stood out to him early. I you never know. You know, with these guys, again, with the, you know, opening their commitments back up, stuff like that, I do think Michigan has a better shot of hanging on to him without much drama than they did when Aubrey first committed, maybe. So, you know, again, we'll always see how it goes with those types of situations. But Otis was a big, big piece to, to start. Uh, and then Emil, Emil Akior Jr., uh, his father played in the NFL, offensive guard. He's a pretty, I think he's a top 100 player across the board now, uh, a guy that, Really, a kind of a little bit of a surprise that he committed to Michigan uh, when he did. Not that he did, but maybe when. Uh, committed pretty early. Uh, just kind of had that, uh, the kids always say that, like, feeling of home uh, when he was on campus for for uh, the game in November. I think it was Maryland. I think the November 5th game, he committed shortly after. Uh, it was that in-game experience that really put him over the top. 
uh, another road grader in the middle of the offensive line. You know, they, I think they did a pretty good job at offensive line in 2017, uh, but it's still going to be another really important position. It's, it's kind of, it's always an important position, I guess, but um, I think it's going to be another, like maybe one of the two or three most important positions this cycle. Uh, email a great way to start it out. Now he's been taking visits to other schools, like a lot. Uh, he's been to Florida state, Alabama, Indiana, Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know if he's been to Notre Dame or not, but he's going to keep taking other visits kind of just an agreement he's had with the coaches. Uh, I feel like he's pretty firmly committed right now. Might be a situation to, to keep an eye on down the road, especially I think Florida State's probably the one school right now uh, maybe that would give Michigan a little bit of pause. Uh, and then finally, Aiden Hutchinson, the, the son of Chris Hutchinson. Uh, I think he's the number two player in the state now. He was number one when we first released our rankings and when the composite was first finished. Uh, top 100 guy, had LSU – and uh, Michigan State and a, a couple other offers. I think Notre Dame may have offered too. Um, again, really probably the guy at the beginning of the cycle when you when you start to see who they're offering and see where guys are ranked and stuff like that. Probably the biggest lock on their recruiting board just because of his the legacy status with his dad. You know, so really a, a guy that I uh, I know I think M. Blog made a great comparison for him as as maybe a a higher ceiling Ryan Van Bergen. You know, sort of strong side end plays the run really really well. Uh, maybe has a little bit more of an upside as far as getting to get into the quarterback. So three, four star players. Uh, I think it's, again, we've talked about before about, you know, I think in April when the draft comes around in Michigan gets so many guys drafted, I think you're going to see a little uptick in the recruiting uh, in Michigan's recruiting for that, just for that reason. So I think it's going to be another really great class. Uh, it's not going to be as large, still not really sure what kind of numbers they're working with right now. Um, but but it should be a great class and yeah the three guys they got out to start got to start out uh, pretty pretty best case good case scenario for them. Well, back in the fall, Steve, you wrote a piece for the Detroit Free Press listing Michigan's top targets in the next class. So if we could, let's take a few minutes to uh, talk about these kids and and Michigan's chances of getting commits from some of them. And let's start with quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's from that Desert Power uh, Las Vegas uh, Bishop Gorman. And he's got Michigan connections, doesn't he, Steve? Yes, he does. And that's kind of a reoccurring theme in this cycle. There's like, there are a lot of kids that have like connections to the program this cycle, which is always a great, I mean, it, that's, that's what you hope for. You know, it always gives you kind of an in and uh, with Dorian, his, his mom is a, I wouldn't even just say his mom's an alum. She's a very passionate alum uh, for Michigan. He, I think for him, it's going to, and it's been this way for a while. I think it's going to come down, eventually come down to Michigan and UCLA. He is going to visit Alabama. You never know with Alabama, but I, I think that Michigan and UCLA have been way out in front here for a long time. I think Michigan still got a very good shot with him. I think, I think they think they have a really good shot with him. He still has to visit. He's still visiting both UCLA and Michigan again, though. Uh, he'll visit Michigan in April. I don't think he's set an exact date. Um, but I think those visits may maybe end up dictating who wins this race. Kind of a funny thing that Jed Fish, one of the reasons why UCLA has not just stayed in this race, but uh, you know, become a major factor. But UCLA was always always going to be a factor for him. I think he he likes the campus. He'd been there before when he was younger. Um, but Fish, going from Michigan to UCLA, they've been recruiting the heck out of him. So uh, kind of an interesting little dynamic there with 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 Michigan recruiting against. Uh, Jetfish. So, you know, I, I personally, I, I not to get too opinionated, but uh, I, I don't see the upside of choosing UCLA. With I think that Jim Mora is probably 
done less with more than any coach in the country the last like four or five years. And uh, really he probably is coaching for his job this year. So, you know, it's different situation. I know that their, their quarterback depth chart, probably not as deep as Michigan's is uh, with Josh Rosen, almost assuredly leaving for the pros after this year, you know, there might be a better opportunity for him to play early at UCLA, but um, you just look at what Michigan's done with the quarterbacks, how many different quarterback minds they have on their, uh, coaching staff. It's, uh, you know, kind of interesting if he'd choose UCLA, but again, I mean, UCLA randomly school that I took classes at besides Michigan, it's a beautiful campus. It's a great place. So, I mean, it's got that appeal to it. So, um, but really he's their top quarterback target been that way for a long time. And, uh, we'll see what happens if they miss on him, but expect a decision sometime shortly after his Michigan visit in April. Well, what fascinates me about this kid is he backed up the quarterback who went to Ohio State, will be a freshman at Ohio State this year, and he actually has never taken a snap as the starter at Bishop Gorman, has he? He has not. And, uh, you know, so you, you see his ranking and you're like, okay, you know, like yeah. how, how, but I would say this, I would say in every avenue possible that where he's had the chance to showcase his skills he has excelled and and looked like a top guy i know he just threw at the uh opening regional in la this weekend and was incredibly impressive like may move even further up if you can imagine that uh, i think he's a top i think he's like 54th overall in the composite right now he might even move up uh you know again and that'd be without taking a snap uh he's played some wide receiver for gorman and I think he's, you know, yeah, done some mop-up duty, you know, because I think they've they'll they've obliterated team. I think they won their state title game like eighty-four to nothing or something. So, um, you know, so he's gotten his he's gotten to play a little bit, gotten some snaps, but but yeah, really, uh, he's unique in that regard because usually, uh, you know, the uh, rankings don't matter. Crowd would be all over a guy like it would be all over a situation like this, but really, he's unique in that fact that. He really hasn't played that much of his position that he's being recruited at, uh, and, and he's so highly ranked. But I always say this, if, if Jim Harbaugh has you as a top target at quarterback in the cycle, they must see something or they must see something that they really like about him because uh, you know, they just wouldn't, wouldn't be pursuing him with as much vigor, I guess, as they have. So you know, he did work with them at the satellite camp last year, I think one of the ones in Southern California. So you know, they did get to work with him one-on-one. So I, you know given the fact they've recruited him as hard as they have since then, pretty safe to say that they've seen a lot of the stuff they like about him. Well, another one of these top targets is a, a big tight end, Mustafa Muhammad from Missouri City, Texas, who is labeled as having unlimited potential, Steve. Yeah, Mustafa's a really great kid, too. Uh, one of the better interviews I've had with the kids in this cycle. Uh, very well-thought-out, well-spoken young man. Uh, comes from a nice family. And uh, really, Michigan always that's a bonus too. When Michigan, when you can find guys like that, they usually kind of resonate with what Michigan has to offer. Uh, Mustafa was up, I think last summer with his mom visit went really, really well. He's just like, he's probably the most, uh, maybe he and Jeremy Rucker out of New York, probably the most nationally uh, recruited tight ends. Uh, Mustafa's got offers from everybody. I do think he's a guy that's going to take his time. I know Michigan's in it for sure. It's just a matter of where Uh, Clemson's pretty high up there. Texas is really starting to make a push with Tom Herman on the recruit, just on the recruiting trail in general. They're becoming more of a, a factor than they were uh, when he immediately came in. You know, so Texas is going to be a factor. A&M was like kind of a fact, but I think A&M is, I think lonely tight ends have only caught like 
11 passes in like last three years at A&M, like really just not a place you'd want to play if you're a tight end. Uh, you know, so those are the types of schools. I think Alabama will probably be involved as well, but, but Clemson, Texas, Michigan, uh, maybe like a, a Florida state too, a little bit. So really just, just a national guy. He's going to have his pick of the litter at the end of the day. And uh, it's just going to be kind of, you know, where does Michigan kind of fall in at the end of the day? I think, I think he'll be back up sometime this summer. Michigan's commitments now are trying to, he's one of the guys that are really trying to recruit pretty hard. Uh, you know, I'd say he and Jeremy Ruckert, probably Brevin Jordan, and then obviously, and then Will Mallory, probably the top tight end targets for them right now. Well, Michigan continues to work the state of New Jersey uh, with an eye on defensive end Dorian Hardy, who's from St. Joseph Regional in Montville, who is a player Alabama wants very badly too, Steve. Right. So this is where the 18 class gets kind of interesting. So with with Hutchinson committing, I think Michigan's going to be very, very, very selective in who they go after at, uh, at that, maybe that strong side end position, which is where they're recruiting Hardy. I mean, they're still recruiting guys at the spot, but I, I don't think it's a situation where they're actively trying to find another verbal commit. It's going to be a situation where it's got to be the right guy, you know, for them. I mean, they took eight defensive linemen last cycle. So, you know, they, they're basically trying to take the top guys in the country and uh, let's find out where we can get with, with these guys. And then we'll maybe work our way back down. Uh, Dorian, a guy I think right now is probably actually leaning. I think Penn State's done a really good job in uh, in making a run on him the last couple months or so. Alabama, again, Alabama I think is a lot the same as Michigan right now. Where and that's always with them is they can basically run down the top fifteen defensive ends in the country and say, you know, let's see how far we can get with number one, two, and three. You know, and and they may sweep them for all we know with the way they recruit, uh, and then kind of go from there. So. You know, Hardy, probably right now I'd actually say is a Penn State lean as of today. Uh, I think Michigan, Alabama probably maybe looking a little bit more in other directions, but probably still have their eye out on him as well. So just kind of a uh, – this is where you start to kind of have to juggle the numbers a little bit. You know, they took a lot of versatile defensive ends in that last class. And then you think about Carlo Kemp, Ron Johnson, and the cycle before that. So – you know, they're in a position right now, I think it's it's going to be a very short, concentrated board at defensive end, and uh, you know, we'll see where they end up going with there. Well, the nation's top-rated defensive lineman is uh, Teron Vincent. Teron Vincent, not sure how you pronounce that, but he's down at IMG Academy. And the last I had heard, Ohio State is still in the lead for him right now. So that could be an interesting Urban Meyer versus Jim Harbaugh battle, Steve, down the stretch. Yeah, I think, it's, uh, I think that's possible. Uh, I think Vincent... It's, I think Florida State's another school really, really involved there. Um, you know, Vincent's a, he's the son of Troy Vincent, the former NFL cornerback. And I think he's involved like in the Players Association now with the NFL. Really a family that's got just connections everywhere. So he's gotten really unique perspective on the, on the recruiting, uh, on, the, on the cycle and, and on the recruiting process, I guess, uh, as far as like what to look for you know, who to talk to, that type of thing. Michigan's connect. Michigan's big thing with Vincent is the Biff Pogey connection because uh, Vincent played at Gilman, Gilman School in Baltimore before he transferred to IMG, and then po- that's when Pogey was still there. Uh, so that's really kind of what got Michigan in the conversation here. I personally think Michigan trails. I think, uh, I think Ohio State and Florida State are probably both ahead of Michigan right now. It's a situation where whether or not he – does he decide to – is he going to be an earlier verbal or is he going to wait? 
Um, either way, though, again, that he's a good example of a guy that Michigan's just going to keep recruiting no matter what, whether they verbal somewhere or not, just because they don't have a large class. They're just going to keep chipping away at the best of the best and uh, see where it gets them by, you know, maybe next January, February. So I think they trail. But, they, you know, again, defensive tackle, getting Aubrey Solomon was really big in that regard. It made defensive tackle not a huge, huge priority in this cycle. Um, really made the difference in that regard. You know, but Vincent, Tyler Friday, probably still the top two guys on their recruiting board. Well, another defensive lineman is uh, Penny Sewell from Desert Hills High School in St. George, Utah. Seems to be, a, a, right now, a very high priority for Michigan, Steve, from what you hear. Yeah, Penny is, uh, you know, Michigan kind of went tried to do the poly poly pipeline stuff last cycle with, with Tony Tuioti, uh, who went to Fresno State and is now at Cal already, I believe. I think he already moved on to Cal. Uh, as an assistant there, um, but they're still working the, the Utah uh, and the Pacific Northwest like really really hard. Uh, Penny's a he's a bull. I mean he's just a a mean uh, bull of an offensive lineman. Would really be a great compliment to to Ekior. you know. And, and he's another guy I think is pretty wide open right now. You know USC's done a really good job with the poly prospects lately. Uh, in the 18 class already, and to finish out 17. I know USC is a school that he's really high on. Uh, I think he's also pretty high on Washington, another program that you always got to keep an eye on. But the, the other thing with the Utah kids is that Utah is always a factor. Uh, they don't always choose Utah, but Utah is always like a legitimate factor in almost every race for an elite, uh, you know, prospect and BYU. You know, I know BYU, I know BYU is a school he likes for a fact, you know, so uh, those kids, it's always interesting because those guys kind of sometimes end up all over the place. Like they can end up anywhere. Uh, but I do think Michigan's definitely in the race with him. I think he's one of the interior guys that are recruiting the hardest up front. And, uh, you know, really a kind of a guy, I guess I'd say it's just kind of too early to tell right now. Um, but again, he reminds me of, uh, just those kids play such hard headed football over there, you know, Monet and, and, and Sione Huma and, and those guys just, they play like a, such a physical brain of football and he's, he's in that mold. Um, and really one of the more talented prospects, to come out of the area uh, up front in, in quite a while, maybe since Monet really. So, uh, you know, would be a, obviously be a great, the coaches would love to have him be a great addition. Well, with us on our game day segment this week is Steve Lorenz from 24 seven sports. It's also our March recruiting update. Steve Michigan sent out seven scholarship offers last week. Let's take a look at some of these kids and, and get your take on them. One of them is four-star offensive lineman, uh, James Oanba, uh, Woodland high school in Georgia. And this kid has offers from a lot of schools, Steve. Yeah, I think that, you know, they made a couple offensive linemen offers this this week. Uh, you know, they're they're really kind of starting to expand their board there a little bit. Uh, James, you know, a guy, Michigan's really, actually, I'd say Michigan's really, really pushing hard in Georgia right now. Uh, the Georgia cycle in 2018 is, is strong. The 19 class in Georgia is absolutely loaded. Uh, that'll be an interesting storyline uh, further down the road, but... Uh, Ahonba, another like, uh, you know, outside guy for sure for them. Uh, but a national guy, I think that's really, really just starting to take off too. uh, a guy that's picked up a lot of offers in the last three or four weeks. You know, sometimes it's not advantageous to be kind of one of those schools, I guess you'd say like in the, in the midst of a, of a offer run like that. Sometimes these schools can kind of get lost in the shuffle. Uh, so I'm really interested to see, you know, where Michigan stands with him. Uh, once the once the uh, cycle develops a little bit more, but really, 
Michigan's going to have a shot, at least in my opinion, with almost any kid out of Georgia right now, just because that's where Chris Partridge is recruiting. And, uh, you know, he obviously was the number one, uh, the national recruiter of the year in 2017, really a guy that they've put in the, really the, some of the toughest spots in the country to recruit Georgia being one of them. And, uh, but it's, it's put them in the race with a lot of guys that they, uh, really shouldn't be in with. So, you know, James, I think is another guy, maybe in that regard, you know, a guy that normally maybe Michigan wouldn't have a big shot with, especially as he kind of stretches his offer list out a little bit more. Um, but again, another interior guy or, uh, uh, sorry, an uh, outside guy, uh, you know, that, and again, tackles are what I think they need more than guards in the 18 cycle. So, uh, just kind of another name on the list at this point, a uh, Texas uh, kid, uh, three-star offensive tackle and help me on this one. Rafiti, uh, Germay, Germay. Yeah. I think it's Ger- like Ger- Germay or right. yeah, something like, yeah, no. And again, another, he's on fire on the recruiting trail, uh, I know he picked up Alabama. Uh, I want to say LSU just got involved, you know, and that's where, like I said, sometimes you want to be the first, you know, you want to be the first one there. And uh, Michigan had been evaluating Rafiti for, for quite a while. Uh, sometimes I wonder what holds them back from offering some of these guys earlier. Cause you look at down and you're like, well, they're going to, you know, they're eventually probably going to offer this guy. Uh, and then they wait and then they wait and then they do. Uh, I, everything I've been told about Rafiti is that he's probably going to stay closer to, not necessarily Texas, but maybe South area. This is a kid that Alabama's really high on. He they just he just visited Alabama last week or either last week or a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was a great visit. Alabama's got room to have a pretty sizable class again this cycle. Uh, probably be a school that I'd be on the lookout for with him at least early on. Uh, but again, Texas as well. I think Alabama, Texas are probably the early leaders for him. And uh, you know, that, but it's only March. Like Michigan's. Michigan can't, won't, and they're not going to like, you know, worry about kids that are, you know, have a kid out of the heart of Texas who has Texas leading in March. That's just, that's normal at this point. So, you know, really it, it becomes now it's who do they push hardest for? And then they try to get them on campus. They go from there. And I think Rafiti's a guy would be surprised if they didn't really push hard to get him on campus because uh, his film is really, really good. Uh, and a guy that, like I said, he's blowing up for a reason, you know, so really, Again, behind, but a guy they got to get on campus first. Well, an offer went out to three-star running back uh, Jay Sean Corbin. He's from Holy Trinity Episcopal Academy down in Florida, and he's a, a big target for Florida State too. Yeah, Jay Sean, uh, you talk about good film. Uh, really, a guy that you watch the first handful of plays on his highlight tape, and he doesn't really look like a three-star prospect. You know, I know Michigan's biggest focus at running back in, in eighteen is they want they want a bigger guy. Uh, Jay Sean's not the biggest guy that they've offered, um, but I think he's big enough, can develop physically. Really kind of an all-purpose guy, too. Uh, he, he makes a lot of uh, receiving plays in his highlight tape, uh, but a lot, shows a lot of explosiveness. Really, uh, somebody on our message board brought it up when we, we posted his film, said that he kind of looks a little bit like what Chris Evans did in high school. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I know Florida followed Michigan with an offer to Corbin as well. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to, you know, get these guys out of those areas when, when those schools are offering. I know Florida just hired uh, Jawan Sider from West Virginia, who's one of, the, one of the best recruiters in the country, bar none. Uh, well, he's getting great guys to go to West Virginia. Uh, you know, and, and Sider is the one that offered Corbin. So interested to see. I know Jay Sean, very interested in Michigan. I think Michigan, uh, like you said, Florida State, uh, Florida. Michigan was a really big offer for him, though. I know it was one he was really, really excited about. 
And uh, running back, kind of another position where I think Michigan's trying to kind of find their way right now. Uh, Keontae Ingram out of Carthage, Texas, probably the top target there right now, uh, you know, with TJ Pledger trending elsewhere. So, you know, I, it's Corbin's a guy I think is going to be in the mix. Uh, Lynn J. Dixon out of Butler, Georgia, another guy too I think they like. So uh be, be interesting to see, but, but Corbin, definitely an explosive athlete, you know, a guy that they can try to get the ball in a lot of different ways. One of the kids I found an interesting offer was a three-star wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz, uh, another Florida kid. He's from American Heritage High School. He's ranked as the 71st best receiver in the class, but what does Michigan see in this kid, Steve? He may literally be the fastest player in the country this cycle. So he's another guy, I think, when you see the rankings reset, uh, I think you'll see him move up because uh, he's a, yet another guy that's really picked it up on the recruiting trail lately. But he literally, I, I think, because he's like a star, a track star too, uh, I think he may be the fastest player in the country this cycle. So I think at wide receiver, Michigan's going to be, I mean, they have no like no push to take a guy if they don't want to. It's going to have to be a guy they like. But if I do think that it's gonna, they're going to push more for a slot style uh, then they would an outside guy when you get Nico and uh, Tariq Black and, and Donovan on the outside. You know, I think if they take one, which I think one would probably be the number, I'd be surprised if it was more than one. Uh, I think it's going to be like a guy that they would maybe be more of a focus in the slot. Uh, Schwartz, it's hard to say. Still early, they just offered. Uh, I, still, I still think Amon Ross St. Brown out of uh, modern day high school in uh, Santa Ana, California, is probably their top overall target right now. Either he or uh, Cameron Babb out of St. Louis, Missouri. Probably the top two guys, I would say, right now for them as guys that both of those guys, can you can line them up on the outside, but they're, more, they're very dangerous on the inside. Uh, Amon Ra reminds me of uh, Christian Kirk at Texas A&M, I think is a really good comparison for him. And uh, I think he's number two or number three receiver in the country. Uh, brother of, uh, by the way, brother of Equinemius St. Brown, the Notre Dame star receiver, mm-hmm. and then middle brother Osiris St. Brown, uh, who just signed with uh, Stanford last cycle. So uh, they'd be the third straight four-star uh, wide receiver in that family. It's pretty impressive stuff. So, uh, you know, but but as far as Schwartz goes, speed is the name of his game for sure. That's where he's, that's where he's going to get his offers. That's where he's going to get his interest. You know, it's just a matter of with Michigan, like I said, uh, getting some of these guys back up there. They've done pretty well at Heritage, you know, with Nick Eubanks. I know they missed on Kylie on Herbert to finish last cycle, uh, but but it's a school that, you know, kids give Michigan a legitimate look there. So if they decide to push for him, I think he's a guy uh, that they'll have a shot with, I'm sure. Well, as we all know, we've done pretty well at Detroit Martin Luther King over the last few years, and we have our eye on another defensive back now, Marvin Grant Jr. Have you seen much of this kid, Steve? I've seen him on film. Uh, so funny story about, Marvin's offer, uh, really, from what we were told, is uh, Ambry Thomas is pretty much the one that got him the offer by basically bugging Don Brown into offering him because I guess Marvin has a pretty great reputation around uh, the program as, as a guy who's, I guess you would call them like next, you know, like the next in line there. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, again, good move on Michigan's part, in my opinion, to, to be, beat Michigan State to the punch with a scholarship offer there. Uh, you watch his film. He's he he's longer. You know he's a he's a bigger back than than maybe even Ambry was. You know, and a guy that you can you can see uh, sort of that ceiling. I think he doubled as like a running back for them as well. So you know, but definitely being recruited as a safety, uh, I, maybe cornerback, but I'd be, I'd be really I think it's safety for sure. Um, but 
but an, another guy uh, at yeah, it's, it's weird because when Harbaugh got hired, like King would be the toughest school for Michigan to have success at, uh, you know, with, with Tyree Thompson, Keontae Stallworth, uh, Donnie Corley, like all these other guys, you know, Michigan state, both of Michigan state's recruiting coordinators are King graduates. So like they, that's a school that they made a huge priority, you know, the sense for basically since Curtis Blackwell was hired and uh, you know, what Michigan's done really well. I mean, beating Amory Thomas was such a huge win for them and uh, it's kind of giving them some momentum there. You know, I think I would, obviously I would think that grant probably a big Michigan lean right now. So uh, you know, we'll have to see where it goes. These guys could go national too. Always a possibility. It could be become a national prospect, you know, and then you never really know, but you know, Michigan to be there, I think they're, he's the third offer. I think Iowa and Toledo offered uh, Marvin Grant also, uh, but really Michigan probably probably way out in front right now. Well, another kid we offered last week, and he does not have a lot of offers uh, right now, is Logan Lee. He's a tight end, defensive end from uh, Illinois. Is he some kind of an under-the-radar type of a kid, Steve? He won't be for long. You know, he's a 2019 prospect. Uh, I, think, I think Michigan was second to offer. Like you said, Iowa, I think, was the first to offer. Uh, yeah, not a guy that'll be under the radar long. I mean, if, if Iowa and Michigan are your first two offers, then you can bet that schools around the country are probably popping in his film if they haven't already. So, uh, but again, it's always great to be first or right there, you know, when it first begins, because, uh, is it going to win you a race? Probably not, but it's, it could give you a little bit of a feather in your cap, you know, that other schools won't have, you know, that the idea that you believed in them enough first to, you know, offer him an opportunity. I, I do believe Lee's being recruited at tight end. Uh, Greg Fry, one of Greg Fry's first offers at tight end. You know, Michigan hasn't really, their tight end board in 18 has pretty much stayed the same. You know, a lot of other positions they've been offering guys, but tight end, I've noticed they've not really extended or expanded their offer board, like, at all. So Lee's one of the first uh, tight ends that, that Greg Fry has offered. So really interesting to see what they do there with him. Um, you know, if he's the first offer in the cycle, no, is he the, no, he's the second. They offered Isaiah Foskey out of De La Salle High School and the uh, same high school that Devin Asiasi went to out in California. Uh, you know, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, what Fry does on the recruiting trail. This will be a good maybe litmus test for that. And, uh, you know, obviously it, you have to assume he'll be a top target for them if they like him this early. And, uh, you know, interesting to see where it goes, though. Great player, though. Very good player. You watch his film, very surprised that it took Michigan or anybody this long to offer him. Well, the uh, the seventh and final offer that went out last week was to a kid named Jacques Sorrells. He's from Largo, Florida. Has been committed to uh, the Florida Gators since June of 2016. But you mentioned uh, Greg Fry. Here's another kid who has a, a good relationship with Greg, Coach Fry. Uh, what do you think of him? Again, you know, Michigan, he, I think he's, because, yeah, he's been committed to Florida. He committed the day they offered him last June. Uh as a 19, a 19 prospect, you know, committing in the June of 2016 is just insane to me. But, um, which I, I, you know what, I go this far, Mike, I would say that a kid in 2019 committing to a school in 2000, in the summer of 2016, probably lessens the chance that he's actually going to sign with the school that he originally committed to. Like, that's like, it's, it's weird like that, but you it's it's almost impossible now for a kid to stay committed to a school for two and a half years unless it's like a legacy you know like a like a Tom Brady Jr. you know what I mean like a mm-hmm. like a Charles Woodson Jr. like unless it's somebody like that you know these kids change their minds so often 
you know, sort but he's only only three other schools have offered. He's got four offers total. Michigan won now. You know, I, I it's just it's so early with these guys as far as you know, I I would again I would bet that he will not stay verbally committed to Florida for the entire duration of the process. And he'll probably eventually sign somewhere else if, if he gets enough interest, you know, from other programs. So, you know, Michigan, another position, defensive tack. I think he's being recruited at tackle. They've only offered a couple in the 19 class. Again, really a good indication that he's a, a top level guy in their mind. So that'll always give them a chance. He's already talked about wanting to visit, which is kind of the company line. I mean, you always, kid always says, yeah, we're, going to come up in the summer and you know, then you kind of see if it really does come to fruition or not but uh will be an interesting recruiting battle uh you know florida under McIlwain is has kind of i think their fans would say their recruiting has actually been a little underwhelming you know and they've gotten beaten and, and lost some flips uh you know to a wide variety of schools so you know we'll see where it goes uh probably probably top targetish though for them i mean like i said i think it's only their second or third defensive tackle off in the 19th cycle so uh really a guy a little undersized for a tackle at this as of today, but again, you're you're offering based on like potential with these guys, with some of these guys, especially on the interior, that these guys are going to grow a little bit. So, um, you know, interested to see how he develops because he's he can kind of double as a strong, as a strong side end, uh, but I, I'd be shocked if he wasn't just eventually a, a, an anchor in the middle style guy. Well, 2017 this year was a, a huge year for us in state, as we know. And who are some, though, of the the top in state kids this year that have Michigan's interest, Steve? Well, it's going to be interesting. It's not nearly as deep as it was last year. Um, 17, kind of an anomaly as far as just great talent, guys that like with national offer sheets. You know, Michigan was fortunate enough to pretty much sign every one of them. So, 18, a little bit different. Uh, I know Michigan State already got a in-state commitment from a four-star wide or four-star quarterback, Theo Day, who's a guy we wondered, you know, maybe if Michigan missed on Thompson Robinson, maybe they'd make a pursuit there, but don't expect that to happen now. Uh, Marquan McCall out of Oak Park, uh, guard slash defensive tackle, kind of interested to see how his recruitment ends up. Uh, you know, he he like as you know number one player in the state took hardly any visits last year, like to Michigan or Michigan state. He hasn't, I don't think he went to a Michigan game last year. You know, it's like a 45 minute drive. Uh, he will be at the spring game in April. Uh, but again, it's, it's, it, I just, his recruitment has been very, very difficult to get a, to get a good uh, read on, you know, I think Michigan state, I think Tennessee was a school that he went down and saw early that he's really intrigued by, you know, but McCall probably got to watch uh, Kalon Gervin uh, verbally committed to, Notre Dame, I think about three weeks ago. Uh, he's a Cast Tech's main recruit in the 2018 class. Uh, you know, again, Michigan signed four top 100 corners in the last two cycles. I think that they're being very, very selective in who they push hard for. Uh, I know they like Gervin. I don't know if they'd have been ready to take a verbal commitment this early from him. Uh, but, you know, I couldn't say that for sure, but just kind of the general vibe I got throughout that recruitment is that Michigan was recruiting him, but not necessarily pushing him, pushing for him too hard, you know? So, you know, they, they, I guess you could say they lost out on that one. I wouldn't really necessarily call it a loss, but, uh, and then Deandre square four-star linebacker out of cast tech also as a player. I really like, I think he's a pretty good football player. Uh, Michigan States offered him Michigan, same deal, except they haven't offered him, but they're just evaluating him right now. Again, linebacker, you signed Josh Ross through Singleton, Ben Mason, uh, 
uh, Jordan Anthony in 17. So you, they have to be very careful in who they take in 18 because, you know, they may only take one or two, you know, I, I think they might just take one. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different cycle in that regard. They're not trying to build up depth. They're trying to add the best of the best. So, you know, those are a few guys off the top of my head uh, to kind of keep an eye on. I, I think it's uh, not a not not the class it's been in Michigan. Even in 16, I think you had some some better top end talent. Uh, I think it's a little bit of an underwhelming class, but it's it's not bad though. Uh, I think you'll see. I think you'll see Michigan State do pretty well in state this year. Uh, I think Notre Dame might get a couple more as well. So, you know, Michigan got their main guy, their main in-state target with Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, you know, maybe they'll push for like a Michael Furtney uh, offensive lineman. Uh, Ryan Hayes, that's one I forgot. That he's 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 a four-star out of Traverse City West. That's the name to keep an eye on. Is a guy that Michigan's really pushing for, and that's another Greg Fry recruitment. Uh, Fry was the primary recruiter for Hayes's older brother at Indiana. And then he was the primary recruiter for Jake Fisher, who actually originally committed to Michigan back in the day, who also played at Traverse city West. So, uh, you know, he has, there's some, there's some familiarity there. Hayes is expect, he's supposed to visit Michigan sometime before the end of the month, but he still hasn't set a concrete date. So uh, Ryan Hayes, Mark Juan McCall, probably the two names I would keep an eye on most Hayes, even more than McCall as a guy, I think Michigan would, would love to have in the fold. So um, like I said, not as deep as it's been in, in years past. There's still some good players in there, um, but I don't. You're not going to see Michigan. I don't personally don't think they're going to sign like six or seven like they did last year. Well, the final question before we let you go, then Steve. You know, after we uh, did the National Signing Day show last month, quickly, uh, I think in the next week, Michigan uh, announced that after spring practice or at the end of spring practice, I should say, they would be heading to Rome for the last few practices. And Jim has mentioned already he's planning future trips. I've heard him say Israel. I've heard him mention Portugal. But he's planning, I think, for the next five years, something like that. How big of a recruiting tool is that? I underestimated it a little bit, I think. You know, I, not that I didn't think it was going to, that kids weren't going to, like, love to hear that. Um, but I think it's bigger, the bigger deal than what I first anticipated. It's it's actually been mentioned to me offhand, like, without uh Pro being provoked uh, on a, with a couple kids on the phone about how, you know, how unique and how, how neat and how different it is to, to be able to go do something like that. And that, you know, coach Harbaugh seems to, he, he's thinking outside of the box, but he's also, it's, it's thinking outside the box that also like it benefits the players though. Uh, you know, as far as like having a fun trip like that, I remember, I think it was Donovan Peoples Jones in the signing day interview uh, after signing of the stars, I think when he talked to the media, he mentioned something about the Rome trip. And that was something that another kid brought up to me was, you know, he's like, yeah, you like, he's like, you can see how excited, you know, their current players are about doing something like that. You know? So honestly, I, th- I think it's, again, he's just, he's always like, we've said this before. He's, he's always a step ahead. And, uh, this is something that you, you, what other school can pitch that right now? None. And until they start copying it, you know, and, and, you know, then who knows what he'll have on it. Who knows what idea he'll come up with at that point. So, no, I think it, I think I un, uh, underestimated a little bit as far as how kids would react. Uh, I thought they'd it'd kind of be like a, well, that's cool, but you know, okay type thing. But no, it's been, it's been very well received. I know a couple of the, I feel bad for a couple of the kids that signed in 17 that can't enroll till June who won't be able to go on the trip. I know, uh, a little bit of uh, disappointment uh, in a couple of interviews I did with a guy like I think Joel Honingford was one 
a little disappointed he can't make that trip. You got to kind of feel bad for him, but, uh, you know, but as far as a recruiting tool, yeah, it's been great. I mean, I even think the fact that they don't know where they'll go next has been kind of a thing that's been mentioned where it's like, man, I wonder where, like, you know, if I went to Michigan, where, where would we go or what kind of trip would we go on, you know? So, um, and then I, again, you'll see them promote the heck out of it when they're up there. And uh, I think it'll, it'll maybe even have more of an impact. You know, April could be a really big month for them with the draft and, and then the Rome trip and the spring game, you know, like April could be, or is going to be a really big month for them on the recruiting trail. So, you know, and that's, and that's a big piece of it. So again, I've been, I've been big on the draft draft is what I've always been talking about. I've been talking about it for months that Michigan's probably going to get double digit players drafted. It's going to have a huge impact on the recruiting trail. Well, I think the Rome trip is another part of that. Uh, another thing where, you know, it's, it's different. It's unique. It's something that other schools aren't doing. It's, it's a, it's a rewarding but enjoyable trip for the players and the coaches and their families, you know? So, uh, you know, I, 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 it'll be interesting maybe here coming out of it, the reactions. Cause like I said, you know, Michigan's going to promote the heck out of it with, you know, the pictures and the videos and the tweets and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see maybe some of the reactions to, uh, to what they put out on it. It's going to be an interesting uh, April for Michigan football, rest assured, with uh, recruiting, the spring game, the trip to Rome, and the draft, a lot to keep an eye on. Our guest today has uh, on here on our Michigan Man Extra for March on our recruiting update has been Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Steve, as always, uh, my listeners look forward to your updates and uh, getting us uh, up to speed on what's happening in the recruiting world. So we thank you for your time, as always, and look forward to uh, another visit in April. Sounds good, Mike. Appreciate it as always. Thanks again to Steve Lorenz for being our guest today. I'm on vacation this week, but keeping close watch on our Wolverines in the men's NCAA tournament and the women in the first round of the NIT. Whatever happens, we'll have the latest for you on next week's show. My guest will be beat writer James Hawkins from the Detroit News. A reminder that our free show apps are available from the Google Play and iTunes stores, and you can also find us now on iHeartRadio. If you're a fan of the show, make sure you take a minute to comment or rate us at iTunes. Thanks in advance. That will do it for another Michigan Man Extra. We'll see you back here next week with our regular show. Until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!